for you. Yeah, lady, yeah, beautiful yeah. lady. It's like, ah. We built a time, a hot tub time machine for you. That would be the reason why you don't sleep at night. I <laughs> hate tipping. <laughs> the conk yeah. or gonk or conk, gronk. Even when she's taking you to the cleaners and the negotiations. <laughs> Say that again. 200 what? Around 250 doors of residential. Yeah. I'm gonna call my mom after this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> had to pull out all of the fuses and stuff like that to try to conserve as much power as we could for our airplane. I swear this guy was like, your style is so nice. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. The back half of him, I was like ripping his flesh. Oh my, so I will not be coming over. No, if he's gonna be like this, then yeah. I'm gonna use it. And we were feeding them Flaming Hot Cheetos. Which <laughs> if it gets you 300,000 off, I'm a poor, stupid little girl. Too. Yeah. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Like anybody can be a landlord. Consistency. Consist yeah, I was gonna say consistency. <laughs> stick with it, guys. There you go, Mike. Stick with it. If you like something, stick with it. This has just turned into like a dating podcast. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to Weekly Deposit, episode seven. We have an illustrious guest with us today, a behemoth in the real estate investing sphere. A real estate broker, a go-getter, a commercial property owner, one of the toughest negotiators I've had the pleasure of working with, and most important title I can give her is an overall great person with a contagious smile, uh, even when she's taking you to the cleaners and the negotiations, <laughs> um, Alexandra Hader, right? With us today, please, let's give a warm welcome to her. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Did you like that intro? I know you're a little, you're like, oh, where is he going with this? Yeah, that yeah was we had some good negotiations. We've had some great <laughs> negotiations, right? Some back and forth, but it's always good. I like it. I like when you can negotiate with someone and it's like, there's not some personal animosity or anything. Oh, it's just strictly, like yeah, yeah, strictly business. Yep. So we kind of wanted to start talking to you a little bit more about other stuff before we get into the, the real estate sphere, the investing, the commercial, all that good stuff, what you're kind of you know, most well-known for. I think we want to start with the part that I like the most, and I always snoop on your Facebook for, is your travel photos. Traveling, right? Because you are an avid traveler. You and Mike, you love to travel. You love to go out, especially nice beaches, sunny places. You guys love to go out there. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your travels. What was the last place you traveled to, and kind of what was the highlight of that trip? Um, so we're actually heading to Jamaica tomorrow. Yes, so yes. Fun, I was going to, I, I was going <laughs> to um, mention that. Yeah, but we were in the Bahamas last month, which okay. was fun. It was actually for a real estate conference. So, oh, okay. um, which conference? Were you? So we're part of a uh, commercial academy and that was the diamond inner circle. Oh, okay. Um, so it's an event led by Scott Shield and. We were there. Uh, it was a couple of days of the conference, and so you're in a cold conference room. And is it like eight hour a day, and then you get to go enjoy the rest of the day, or um, how is that? So usually it's eight, eight hour days, and then they have stuff planned in the evening. Mm -hmm. um, but we had a few days that were just free days, and we went swam mm -hmm. with the pigs, and mm -hmm. both days actually. And did and Mike went with you too. He right? did. Yep. By the way, Mike Hader is her husband, and we will kind of get into Mike a little bit later. Um, but yes, so Bahamas, yep. what was probably the highlight of that trip? It probably wasn't the cold conference room, right? <laughs> I learned a lot, but it was definitely going to like the, swim with the pigs, basically. It was really fun. Oh. Um, yeah, so they made us a conch salad and we, so we went two times. One time yeah. was like an actual event and then uh -huh. the second day was this like 
really sketchy last minute adventure with a guy who definitely probably should not have been taking us out. (laughs) (laughs) And they were feeding these like little, it was not the real pig island. It was a different one where they just like took a few pigs out of a cage. (laughs) And then we were feeding them flaming hot Cheetos, which I thought was horrible. And it was very weird. And then they were like, these like drunk guys were out on these, uh, boats and they're like you want a banana boat ride and we we're like no, no and then we looked you. out in the ocean with all the people they took out it had tipped over and the banana boat was just like floating behind the other boat and oh, all these no. people were like in the ocean oh no the group, so, sounds very know. sketchy yeah. yeah you know what's funny those hilarious. those caribbean places i went to turks and caicos and it is like the weirdest there's no like actual business or yeah. this. it's just like some random this run random guy came up to me he's like <laughs> he's like you want to go to prince's house and i'm like <laughs> prince's house and and his name was prince right so the one of the jet ski guys name was prince and i'm sitting there like why would i want to go to your house <laughs> right and he's like no no artist prince you know from uh united states i was like oh yeah yeah sure let's go to prince's house and yeah. it's, it's just like very yeah weird yeah yeah we had like unlimited drinks and they were in old milk jugs <laughs> <laughs> That's where the unlimited comes from, yeah. right? <laughs> Their house. Yeah. Wait, so the sandwiches you had, tell us more about that because that was also something I tried going to the Caribbean. Um, sandwiches? No, we didn't uh, no, sandwiches. no, no. Uh, what is it called? Uh, the, the thing in the shell. Oh, conch. Conch. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea what this was. And everyone's so good. Like, they're like, yo, you have to try this, this, that. And then, like, I think where I messed up is. I saw the actual thing first. Oh, yeah. And then they asked you to try, and I was like, no. <laughs> so they pulled it out of the ocean. This was in, like, the, the legitimate tour that we went on. Mm. And so they pulled it out of the ocean. They cut it up in front of us and, and then threw it in a salad with, like, cucumbers and tomatoes. It was mm. so good. Wait, what, what is this? What is it? It's a, it's a conch. It's a conch, and Alec will throw it up there. It's basically, like, in a, 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 it's a like seashell. A, yeah, it's a it's And it's a this, like, slimy-looking thing, bro. It's not... Like an oyster-looking? <laughs> kind of, but it's Gross. just, like, this slime thing. It looks thing. like a hermit crab shell. Like, yeah. one of those spirally ones. But it's not oh. a crab. It's, like, a slime. It's a... Yeah, it's, like, yeah. a... And snail. you ate it? Yeah, like a snail. Yeah, yeah it's it like, was good. It's what you're supposed to eat there. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> my, supposed to eat. Yeah, yeah. My, my, <laughs> my my buddy ate it too, and it was like it's super good, super good. Again, I was like, mm. but what I did like, like you said, the seafood is super fresh there. Yeah, okay. really good. So when I was in Turks, like the guy was like, "Oh, you want lobster or, and our fish or this or that," and he would literally be out there catching it. Yes, yeah, so awesome. fresh catch. Okay. Fresh catch. Yeah, yeah. I, I, now I would like that. The conch yeah. or gonk or conch? Gronk? Conch. <laughs> <laughs> Spelled like conch, which I thought it was conch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they pronounce it differently. Conch, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the most recent trip, and it was awesome. Have you ever noticed those Caribbean places are so relaxed? Like, it's such a different vibe. Like, I always think of the spectrum of urgency. Yeah. And like New York is like all the way on this, like, go, 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 blah, 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 blah. blah. Right? Minnesota is probably like a little bit more in the middle. Whereas in like the Caribbeans are so relaxed. I went to like this restaurant before my flight out and I was like, I only had like an hour left. He's like, don't worry, man. We'll take them. Like, don't worry. I (laughs) I got to go. Yeah. No, everything's going to be fine. You know, go take the jet ski out. I love that. Yeah. It is very like. I love it, but it's like I personally sometimes I can't. I'm like, oh, well, you're you're not. That's not your yeah, mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, no. sometimes it's like cool to relax because I was there for 
seven days and on the okay. seventh day i was like i gotta get yeah i gotta get back <laughs> yeah. it's too it's much relaxing yeah, yeah right? too much relaxing yeah what would you say kind of the favorite spot you visited where it's something where you can go back again and again and you wouldn't like in the world in the world yeah every place i know you've been to a lot of places i mean i was i was super into the grease photos you had because yeah, that awesome. was one that was i mean amazing beautiful but what would you say is kind of the spot where it's like if you had someone listening or watching right now and you could tell them one spot to go to, what would that be? Uh, Lauterbrood in Switzerland. Okay, mm. okay. Yeah. And we had Cindy on uh, a couple of weeks ago and she also lived in Switzerland. Oh my gosh, I love Switzerland. Tell us why you love it. Um, so it is, first off, everybody there is very active. And so I feel like... It just feels like everybody's outside all the time and moving and not like hustle bustle, but mm-hmm. like actively enjoying their life. Um, Leisure walks. Yeah. Which like no through, one does over through here. like mountains mm-hmm. though, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, there's like Lauterbrunnen and Interlaken um, and essentially you're on, when you walk down the road, there's just mountains on every side of you and waterfalls coming down everywhere you look and it's just so beautiful and awesome we gotta have alec throw up a photo of that because that that sounds beautiful yeah that does sound beautiful yeah and um it was i went backpacking through europe uh, after i graduated college with my best friend and it was the only place we went back to twice because we were like oh so beautiful yeah um yeah i follow this page on instagram where it's just like switzerland nature beauty and every time they post i like it i'm like oh that looks so serene is amazing yeah it's like uh, tranquil it's like serene it's like just beautiful no like pollution untouched. there or anything like What'd that no pollution there or anything oh, like no, that like the streets are pretty clean yes, and yeah absolutely. okay um i am allergic to something there so both times i went i broke out in like a crazy rash covering my body oh wow <laughs> so it was out and it was like itchy too you think it's the water i think it's something because we'd always go hiking in the mountains i think it's something in the mountains that i was somehow touching mm-hmm. but oh. both times i went i was like Literally covered head to toe in like a really like hives, nasty rash. Uh, it looked kind of just like acne covering my body. So the first time I was like really sad, and at first I was like, I don't want to go, like, I don't want anyone to see me. I was couch surfing, Uh um, and so it was kind of like thickened my skin a little because the guy didn't know me, and I was just like, looked just I was covered in this rash, and I didn't want to go out at first. And I was finally, I was like, I have to just say whatever, who cares? And no one really cares except for you, yeah, Yeah. but. Yeah, so I grew a little thicker skin, I think, from it. That's good. See, even though you have some type of allergic reaction there, you're still like, I like that place. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's, um, I just had to figure out what I'm allergic to. <laughs> and it was only when you went up to the mountains. So both times when I went hiking through the Swiss Alps, I yeah. got this rash. Maybe you touched something. Yeah, it must have been. It might, yeah, yeah, maybe it could have been. You I have the same something. problem when I go to Arizona. This guy always wants me to go to Scottsdale, Arizona, and everything. And I went it's a there. Fun time there. And I get this like high breakout, and I'm like, I don't know if it's the water. Or yeah, what it what is. It is. Like, I'm like, uh. yeah, I felt bad for the guy who we were staying with because when I first woke up and I saw myself, I was like crying, and he's like, Oh no, you look fine. I was like, But you don't even know how I'm supposed to look. Like, how can you say that? And he's like, Oh, okay, American. Like, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> trying to give you that he's like god why did yeah. i let her stay here <laughs> right <laughs> no you're europeans are very uh, hospitable people they're yeah. very nice yeah uh, yeah okay so you you mentioned that you are going to jamaica tomorrow yep that's why we had to get you rush you in here to get this podcast uh is the jamaica trip business 
personal, more kind of vacationy, or is that actual conference as well too? No, so that is um, actually my husband owns a roofing and siding company, mm-hmm. and they buy materials from ABC Supply Company, mm-hmm. and if they buy enough materials, they get this paid vacation for him and his other partner that owns the business with him, and then. Uh, they each get a plus one. So. Okay. Wow. It's oh, my first really all-inclusive cool. vacation. Oh, yeah. that should be fun. So yeah. no, like, <laughs> weird tour guides or anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, legit stuff. Hopefully this not this time. This probably be way more legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one thing when we went to Mexico, too. Like, the first thing they told us, like, listen, if someone randomly offers you tour guides or excursions through the jungle <laughs> or this do or it. Yeah. Do do not do it. go to like a physical brick and mortar like yeah. store or through your hotel like, yeah. yeah or through or, your hotel yeah, like yeah. where it's like you can find that person again it's like do not go to the street vendors even yeah. though no matter how cheap they say it is so our like, our second tour that we got when we were in um the bahamas was at a god what's the name of that restaurant um we were just sitting at a restaurant, like, and our tours kept getting canceled because the weather was so bad. And then mm-hmm. this one random guy was walking around, and that's like how we got our tour. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds well, pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason why. <laughs> that's why he was walking around. <laughs> and we're like, when does it start? He's like, you want to start now? We're like, sure. <laughs> I swear to God, that sounded like our our clear kayaking too. Like we just ran it up on some beach, and the guy yeah. was like, "Here's clear kayaks. You want to go?" <laughs> like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah, Whatever yes, happens, it is, yeah, <laughs> right. I, I assume he didn't ask for a review, or did he ask for a tip or anything like that? Because usually those people do. When I don't the, know, like where we would have reviewed. Yeah, <laughs> that's the no, thing. Because he bought them off the street, like that. Yeah, no, and and the whole tip culture is more kind of implied there. It's not they don't really ask you for a tip. Like they, here, they did. He was standing at the end of the, like when we walked out. Yeah. He did tip him because he was yeah. just there waiting yeah. on the doctor. Correct. Well, yeah, that's like, like okay, that's their okay. whole like uh, when I was in Mexico and everything. Like they all live off of yeah. tips, mm-hmm. right? It's different here when you're like at a, a grocery store and the person just like slides a thing at you, like you want to put a tip, like for what? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry, I hate like tipping culture here. Like I'm not a bad tipper. I will tip. What I hate is like when you get just regular service and like they think like I should tip. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, Let's I'd, talk about that more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I hate tipping. <laughs> Mex- Mexico, Mexico, they earn, they earn their tips there. Like Listen, 100%. I will tip anyone who deserves it. Yeah. Put that one out too. So if you give me great service, but if you are doing the minimum of your job and getting paid for it, yeah. then I'm not tipping you. And then yeah. again, this new like thing where it's like the square apps or the electronic ones and they just spin the thing at you for a tip. I'm like, for what? <laughs> so, right, so right. They do that on purpose. So everyone behind you can see. Yeah. Or it's like, or it's like, oh, donate to again. I'm going to sound terrible. <laughs> donate to like yeah. some program you know or what? something. Do you want to don't? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. We're like, what is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. You're yeah. like, I don't even know where the money is going. <laughs> Like, do you want to donate to this foundation? I'm like, uh, if I did, I would do it on my own. I don't need a gas station clerk to tell me (laughs) to donate. Okay. So kind of staying on the topic of travels, we want to kind of get what your like experiences, knowledge, how do you see that as growth? And have you noticed from traveling anything different in your business practices or anything where 
Because me and Julian love traveling. Yes. And we always think, you know, the best way to learn and see other cultures and even get other business etiquettes uh, is through traveling. Would you say there's any time where you've gone where it's like something's a little bit different in regards to norms or something like that where? I mean, yeah, I definitely think you can see like societal differences. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, though, I'm not. I mean, I guess I, I'm not really transacting business when I go mm-hmm. these, to these different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I often do, like, look at properties because I enjoy it. Yep. I genuinely have fun doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, and you're like, an oh, investor. Like, yep. yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we could get this Airbnb here or yeah. something yeah. like that. Um, but, but as far as, like, doing actual business, I have, have not done anything like that. So. But even like, so here's my take on that, uh, that question, right? Like when I go to other countries like Mexico or whatever, there's like haggling, there's mm-hmm. like negotiations mm-hmm. in regular like stores, like me buying a cup, like it was like, Oh, 20 pesos. I'm like, ah, 10 pesos. And you know, yeah. so yeah. it's like, there's a different vibe. So, to it. so I definitely think, and I think a lot of this actually comes from my husband's like shameless negotiating when like literally we we negotiate at Menards and it's super embarrassing, but we get all of our doors for like $4. (laughs) Like, Oh, there's a date here. I got to travel with Mike more. (laughs) My old car, my Mitsubishi I had before this car, he negotiated, we were there past closing time. All the doors were locked. It was just like him and I and the manager. And we got that car for so cheap because the guy like just wanted us out of there. (laughs) Just go home, please. Literally like I go to Mexico and I'm like, okay, thank God Mike fits in here. Like, <laughs> this <was better. laughs> okay, here's this is such a double edged sword. It, it so, reminds me of a guy, everybody hates Chris, the yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> he, like that? <laughs> he calculates everything. It's and Mike says that his business partner is even more like that than him. So I'm like, God, I could not. Go he sounds like guys. my dad. My dad yeah. would calculate. Like if we left the lights on or something, like he would calculate like that's twenty eight cents for the yeah. day. <laughs> Jeez. What? No. My dad. My, was like my that. dad was like that too. My dad is super. Or like, like that. if somebody didn't tell him something was gonna be a charge. Like I remember one time he got charged extra like twenty five cents for jalapenos, and he's like, "You didn't tell me about this. Like I'm not. I don't want to pay that." Yeah. My dad was not cheap, but he it was like the principal. It's the principal. The principal. Yes. So the yeah. He was like, "Oh, sorry," and he's like, "Well, then I'm not coming back here for a year." And like we did not go to his favorite Mexican restaurant for a year, and he was like tortured for the year. Jeez. <laughs> and then finally we could go back. He like counted down the days. Hey, he like, said it. He stood on it yeah, though. I respect that. I respect that. My mentor, I'll never forget this day i walk into his office and he's shouting on the phone to someone and it's on speaker and it's a capital one representative (laughs) and he's shouting to him about a dollar and five cent charge mind you this guy is a multi-million so he's just like screaming that this guy like what is this dollar five cent charge it's the principle principle and i love it i love it i'm like yes whatever the amount it, it doesn't even matter that's how you stay rich Exactly. So, no, so Mike fits in well there. So here's my thing, right? And I was telling this to Julian about this too, is like, it's such a double-edged sword because it's like, I feel bad when I go over to these so-called third world countries or our countries that are, you know, not economically as uh, powerful as the U.S. or other countries or some Western European countries. But I go there and I haggle with these people over something so small that I never do here. And it, it kind of hurts me. So I have to learn from Mike to haggle here more and less <laughs> over there because it's like me haggling a guy for 20 pesos versus 10 pesos. Yeah. Is that really going to change? No. 
like my no, <laughs> balance not, of <laughs> like no. I'd rather just right. give the guy the twenty pesos. Yeah. You know, he might need it more. So it's like that's what I've started to think about too. And my mentor kind of helped me. He's like, "How come when you go to these countries that actually need the money and the people are poor, you're sitting there trying to like Papa undercut them?" Yeah. <laughs> and but when you're going to these big box places, you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll pay that." <laughs> yeah. The only thing I don't like is when they try to like schmooze you to uh, give you like this yeah. good deal, and it's really a ripoff, yeah, and you yeah. know, and you're like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah oh, I'm not for, stupid for you, lady, yeah, yeah. beautiful yeah. lady." It's like yeah. ah. they they can smell the tourism. Yeah. Like now, I'm gonna negotiate. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. they, they for sure hit you with the beautiful. Oh thing. yeah, always yeah. like any girl. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> you need this. Like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> let me I put don't. lotion on your hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me just like I don't know. It's, it's no. I, that I, is like the one thing where I'm like I'm gonna negotiate. I'm not gonna lie. This. I'm not gonna lie. I fell for that beautiful one once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy in Dubai got me so good. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're handsome man. I like your yeah, hair. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right. You <laughs> turn around. Oh, Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, girls get that way more in this, you know, world yeah, we live in. Yeah, they start buttering you up. Yeah, though, yeah, so yeah. You're like, oh, I'm special. Yeah, yeah. Oh I was like, God. oh, see, we're, I'm, I'm, we're salespeople, right? Yeah. So it's like we want to be sold to. I feel like, like if you do it, like I'm like, oh, okay. Like I yeah, know so I'm being like, sold oh, that was impressive. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, it's a respect yeah. thing. All right, I'll 100%. buy it. Yeah. I don't need it, but I'll buy it. <laughs> I swear this guy was like, your style is so nice. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Let's chat about your beautiful little family. We'll go in the order of the ones you love most to least. So obviously we're going to start with Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> Mike would agree. <laughs> I had Mike next. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. But you know we have three cats too, right? Uh, cats. Of- <laughs> oh, you God. never see cats, them. No. See, no, Rocky is like everywhere. He's prominent. Cats are just like that well, roommate Rocky you comes never with see me everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so the cats is like the roommates you never see. <laughs> it's like I, this- I just can't do cats. I don't. I'm a dog guy. I can't. I, I'm scared. Like I, it might be at this point. I think it's. A, I have a cat phobia. I get nervous around cats. Why? I don't. I don't know. I can be around the biggest dog. Rottweilers, pit bulls, all that. No, no fear at all. But when I see a cat, I just get, I get nervous. Really? That's like, weird. I'm allergic, so that's why I'm trying to. Stay yeah, that's what I used to tell people. But uh, I mean, like, <laughs> no, I get, I get like my, my eyes get red, watery, oh, like really? this. Yeah, like it's, it, it, it's bad. So I try to stay. Well, we keep taking part. strays, so that's kind of the issue <laughs> with the cats. Maybe because yeah. you don't know what a cat's gonna do. Like a dog, you can, you can tell if a dog likes you or not. So you are not hanging around like the cool cats, though. The cool cats. <laughs> I've been like around a ton cats of cats. Are, so I think the strays that you take in, one of my cats was shot. One of his legs is, doesn't work. He had his whole throat was missing. Wait, he was what? shot? <laughs> who shot, shot him? Someone who? hates cats. People really? shoot cats. Yeah, he was shot. Oh, I thought it, shattered. it was deliberate. It wasn't like an accident or no, anything like that. Sh- like an uh, actual him. like gun, gun or BB yes. gun or what? Yes. Oh, so his wow. whole leg is shattered because somebody shot him, has like buckshot throughout it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he was, so I'm part of, I own a property in Hankley. And so I'm part of like a community group there. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody posted looking for like barn animals. And then someone was like, well, I have a stray cat that has like a broken leg you can have. And no one wanted the cat. And then I thought about it for like three weeks. And I was like, do you still have that cat? Yeah. <laughs> and then anyways, ended up being like super expensive because he, the day before, she's like, oh, I found him again when I was going to go meet her, but something happened to his neck and his whole throat was missing. So you could see his esophagus, his jugular veins. Oh. And so we had to do like 
skin graft and like all of this yeah. and like they had tubes coming out of him it was like he's like the most expensive thing i own and he's like this like ugly sweet super fat now like raggedy cat yeah. <laughs> but he's so nice like he's really so nice. nice he's the sweetest like most grateful cat you look at him he starts purring I don't what know. are your cat names i didn't even know so that cat my mm-hmm. husband was like really sick of me bringing in animals and uh so you know how bane and batman doesn't have um Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Our cat is Bane because he didn't have a throat. Oh, so okay. And then we have Biggie, who's our like other fluffy cat. He yeah. Was, uh, Biggie Meows is his name. Uh-huh. Biggie um, Meows. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then we have Tesney, who's a barn cat. Okay. Uh, so yeah. he, is he outside is a lot? Tesney is since he's a barn so cat. So Tesney is the only one we declawed because she's the only one that's like, you know. Yeah, he More get a little cat. frisky. Yeah. Little, yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't like the frisky behavior. So those behavior. other two can go outside, especially Bane, because he was like yeah. running around just like yeah. a year ago. Do the cats? I know a lot of people tell me this about cats. Do do they like kill rodents and stuff and then bring it to you? Oh, it's like, look what I did. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> especially Bane. So we didn't even know we had mice in our house until we brought Bane in, and he like throws them in his food dish, and they keep trying to escape, and he keeps throwing it back in. Oh. And then actually. Do you guys want to hear like a really hilarious story? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 we do. So, okay, so Mike and I are friends with, I won't say their names, but like our two probably maybe most fancy friends uh-huh. and they don't have any kids or any pets and they mm. just are, they have like a very clean, orderly house. And yeah, when you don't have kids or pets, yeah. So like you come into like our house and you could tell they're like a little panicked because there's like a lot of hair and stuff yeah. like that. Well, anyways, um... So we took them out on our boat, which is pretty old, and like out in the middle of the lake, the boat died. And so we're all like paddling oh, back shit. to shore. Well, I am, and and one of the the other girl, uh, Mike had just dropped it off, so I was like backing it out, and then we yeah. were gonna go pick yeah. it up. So then, anyways, they're like, oh, like nice boat, and so we're like, okay, well, we'll just go to our house, and then we'll go out because we can walk to Cowboy Jack's, whatever. So I'm gonna run and change because I got all wet. Yep. So, anyways, they're hanging out in our kitchen, and Mike said that all they can hear is like, <laughs> and they don't know what it is. I'm like, what is that noise? And then they look under our kitchen table. And Bane had half a rabbit under the table. So literally just like the back half of him. And it was like ripping his flesh. Oh my God. And apparently the lady's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And she ran downstairs. And like the guy was just like, like disgusted. And this yeah. is like the animal planted in her house. Yeah. It's like blood everywhere. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Oh That's my God. That's just nature taking this course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a- we had no idea this rabbit was in our house. Like yeah. no idea. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. So you got some pretty aggressive cats. I will not be coming over. No, there's yeah. <laughs> So Mike and I met when we both worked at Stella's Fish Cafe, which just closed down. Very mm-hmm. sad. Um, yes. In Uptown. A lot yeah. of things in Uptown, unfortunately. Yeah. Don't. So yeah. Stella's was nice. It was, right? It was a nice vibe. Day. We actually went there the last day before they stopped serving people. So it was like a good vibe. Bittersweet moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They actually had a mouse problem. Oh, that... You know what? Every single restaurant, almost, I guarantee, has problems like that. I know. Everyone that tells me that works in the restaurant yeah. industry is just like... Well, I worked every, at a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Stella's was very clean, in my opinion. Like, yeah. 
They all have it. I don't even want to tell you about the whole state of New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our New York City. You could, throw Chicago. you could throw Chicago in there, too. They got yeah. they got rats the size of this, this that's, water bottle. That's nothing. They got, like, New York has rats, like, just, it's, anyway, I don't want to talk splitters. too much about rats. But, okay, yeah. But I did, when I saw that video, I was, like, really saddened by it. I was like, yeah. oh, this might put them out of business. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was a great restaurant. Yeah. Like, it was a fun mm. time. Anyways, I was a teacher at the time. And so during my summers, I would work at Stella's as like a server, which was really fun. And then Mike was a server there too. And he was doing personal training at the time. So we met. Um, and then he asked me out for like a year, basically. I was dating someone else. I kept like, no, I'm dating someone else. Like, Mike. <laughs> consistency. Yeah, I was going to say consistency. <laughs> stick with it, guys. There you go, Mike. Stick with it. If you like something, stick with it. This has just turned into like a dating podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it, Give guys dating advice. It might take a year, but look, you're married hey. now, yeah, right? Yeah, yes. you're married. There you yeah. go. Consistency. You go. Hey, shout, shout out, out to, to you, Mike. Mike. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Mike. You see how we man. think alike? Like, shout out to Mike. All right. Yeah, so then when my ex and I broke up, I was like, okay, I'll go with you now. And then uh-huh. the rest is history there. So... Yeah, that was like, oh my gosh. Uh, like, we met eight years ago, and then we started dating like a little over seven years ago. Um, and we've been married for like two and a half years now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 2021, right? Yeah, so we got married, no, 2020. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, 2020. Okay. Uh, October. Yeah, it was towards September the end of the year. I remember. Um, our wedding was scheduled, and then it was the day before COVID. It was supposed to be three, two, one. So March twenty first, twenty twenty, and the day before we had to cancel because um, it was like when everything was happening. Yeah, I was going to ask you twenty twenty in October or between March and October, like that was a so everything was got, shut down. We scheduled on us a few times, and then finally we're like, all right, well, we're going to yeah. get married, and we just did it at my mom's house, and it was awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah so we had like big tents out, and yeah. we invited people, and we're like, if you want to come, come. If you don't, don't. Like, right. Do yeah. whatever you want, and yeah, it was. It was so fun. We had a mechanical bowl there. Nice. And it was honestly like perfect. So nice, yeah. nice. Well, yeah, you 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 still did it because yeah. I know a lot of people postponed their wedding. Well, I was going to talk to you because they did postpone something. Yeah. It was their honeymoon. I remember talking to you. Well, we did postpone our wedding too. Yeah, yeah, you did postpone. Yeah. But the I think what I admired. Right when I was talking to you originally, like you're like Emron, I'm not going to my honeymoon right now because yeah. you guys were building and. Um, doing your jobs or working, yeah, right? And you guys had the foresight to like, let's put that off for right now and we can enjoy it later. And I kind of, I wanted to put this in here because a lot of people, especially women, it's like, it, it, it has to come after the wedding. Whereas like, whereas like, I'm more like, when we can, we can do it, right? It's more important to be financially set yeah. than to go, how was that conversation? Did you bring it up or him or were you both kind so, of in so line I with mean, like initially when we were supposed to get married in March, we did have a honeymoon plan in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the first places that was hit with COVID. And yep. so that was canceled even well before our wedding. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, well, we'll just like go to Colorado or something, which we ended up going for a couple of days to Colorado, but mm-hmm. it wasn't like yeah. a honeymoon. I would say it was more like just a trip. trip. Like Because you ended up doing your honeymoon in Greece. No, Hawaii. No? Hawaii was our honeymoon. Greece was just well, still nice. Yeah, still, <laughs> still yeah, still nice. So yeah, so anyways, and then um, we got when I mean it was just like the practical thing. It wasn't either of us really um, pushing for this. Is 
I mean, it had to work with both of our businesses. Yep. And it had to, we wanted to have like a solid week that was really a good week for everybody. Yep. And um, actually it was supposed to be a week before that even. And then one of my real estate coaches was coming to the cities. And so we pushed it a week back so that I could like see him when he came. And yeah, it was, I mean, both of us are not super... Um, structured with that sort of yeah. thing as yep. long as it happens we're happy so okay you're both good. on the same page with it so that that's all that matters yeah yeah that's good i mean that's that's how a good healthy relationship should be because sometimes there's people just like i want to go on my honeymoon i don't care it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> um i also see a lot of photos of you guys at sporting events now are you a sports fan or is mike the sports fan and drags you along so Mike is trying to force me to be a Vikings fan. He keeps buying me Vikings apparel. That's very good of you, Mike. We need to have Mike on this show. Yeah, we need to have I, Mike. It's the wrong time for anything Vikings. I'm from Wisconsin, so like oh, technically I'm a Packers fan. No. Honestly, this episode has been deleted. Yeah. <laughs> Cancel. I don't. Um, I don't really watch. Enjoy watching any sports on television, yeah, but I yeah. love going to sporting events. Yeah, yep. they're fun. Because so. I saw you guys at the Vikings game, you know, Yankee Stadium, Twins games. Yep. So, yep. And I was like, I'm sure Happy, we like Mike. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mike oh, you is. You go to Wild too? Yep. Wild games? Okay. Yep, yep. I was like, I feel like Mike is a sports fan and it kind of drags you along, but you like the events. So, yeah, I do not watch them on TV. Yeah. Mike sometimes watches football, but not like. He's super not consistently avid, yeah. either. He plays on fantasy leagues, and yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the reason why he most likely when the Vikings league. are playing, he'll he'll watch that. It, but he doesn't yeah, care the other. Yeah. yeah, no, I get that. So. Gotcha. Okay, well, we want to talk to you a little bit about you know going before you went to Stella's and everything, right? Your school, you studied at the U of M. Yep, my undergrad. What'd you study? It was it English. Yeah, so initially I went to school to be a veterinarian. Okay. Um, and so I was in like animal sciences and chemistries, that sort of thing. And then I was like, well, I really want to work with people. Yeah. Um, and so then I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I couldn't really peg what I wanted to do. Like I think a lot of 18, 19 year olds. Yeah, right. Um, and my dad always was telling me I should be in business. And I was like, no, I would never want to be a business. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, and so then, anyways, I ended up getting an English degree because I wanted to help um, kids, basically. So I had tutored at a homeless shelter, and I was like, oh, I could go into, like, a really hard, difficult school district and, like, help a lot more. Mm-hmm. And um, so then it, it wasn't honestly, like, what I it wasn't like the movies what like you envisioned what, what was that movie with like uh, Jennifer Garner where she goes to like the inner city schools changes all their lives it wasn't that not for me I mean I had, I had some it was just it was hard and it wasn't I bet yeah and so then from my, pu- from a student of public schools on the other side I know same here. Yeah. Yeah, well you went to Minneapolis I was in St. Paul so. yeah which both yeah. are terrible yeah they're both pretty bad so my last Last year, I taught at Moundsview, um, mm-hmm. actually middle school instead of high school, and that was definitely, uh, I would say, like, in some ways easier with with certain things, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't really, like, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to be doing, and yep. so I thought yeah. I'd do real estate part-time and still be a teacher part-time, and then uh, realized that I, when I started doing real estate, I just loved it. It was yeah. just so yeah. much more for me, and there was so much more freedom. I remember my first lunch, like just being able to go out and get lunch and like come back whenever I wanted. It was like weird to me. Cause as a teacher, you can't even have your phone out. Like yeah. you're basically on student rules. Yep. And so it was so much freedom. And it was like, 
this is amazing. And yeah, I still can we ask what high school you taught at? So I was my uh, first year I was at a charter school in Brooklyn mm-hmm. Park uh, mm-hmm. and that's Brooklyn Center Secondary um, School, which is mm-hmm. a six through 12 school and then Mounds View Chippewa. You need a master's for high school, don't you? So I have a master's degree, okay, but so you don't right. need a master's. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I was under that impression that you needed it for high school. Where'd you get your master's? Hamlin. Hamlin? Oh, yep. nice. So nice. I um, went to Hamlin part-time while I was working full-time mm-hmm. and then got my master's degree and then I was done about nice. a year later. Got you. Well, you kind of answered my question. I was like, well, what was your original idea? And, you know, I was like, like many college kids get disenfranchised and want with their majors and decide to do other things. And so it sounds like that's how you entered in real estate, but going into a little bit more detail, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, my parents owned um, a residential portfolio of student rentals. So every summer uh, there was like a period where all the students would move out before the new ones moved in and we go when we'd clean and I'd work with them and my siblings did as well. Um, And that was, what I grew up seeing, mm-hmm. um, that was not yep. their only business. My dad had an asbestos maintenance company too, but um, they had these student rentals. And then mm-hmm. my dad sold his company and then they focused on the real estate. Um, so I saw that growing up. And then as a teacher, I was not pulling in the income that I wanted because I always, I've always traveled. Um, but I just wanted to be able to feel a little like less stressed about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to do that on a teacher salary. For sure. And so... Basically, my plan was to buy a duplex and live in half and then rent out the other half. Yep. And house, house hacking. House hacking yep. House exactly. hacking. Yep. And so I uh, probably put in like 15 offers or so with my realtor at the time, um, Judd. And he was awesome. And he was like, you know, we kept trying, but I never got one accepted. And it was like a long, arduous process. And I, I mean, he put in so many offers for me. And so that anyways, I remember one time he... After we were done with the showing, he was like, you know, you really should become a real estate agent. He was like, join my team. And so I was like, well, I'm a teacher. And he was like, well, tell you what, like, I'll answer your phone calls and stuff while you're teaching and you can do it part time. And I was like, okay, well, that might work. And so then that summer I taught summer school and then I was also doing real estate with Judd mm-hmm. at Coldwell Banker, actually. Mm. Um, and I just loved it, so... Gotcha. How long did it take you to transition away from teaching, right? Because teaching is a salary W-9 position, right? Yep. You are getting paid on a, either biweekly or bi-weekly. monthly. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For the whole year, right? So in, yes. in the summertime, so you had more. I, so Whereas I in real estate, yeah. the summer. Mm-hmm. So actually for me, um, I was really fortunate because I was, so I didn't have like really much savings set aside or anything, but when I got my last paycheck from teaching, I think it was like August. And then I remember exactly two weeks later was when I got my first commission check. And so I never really skipped a beat where I was like, okay, I can make, make it, you yeah, know? That's um, good. So I was fortunate enough to be getting that pay through the summer while yeah. I was like starting my career in real estate as, as a realtor. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's some teachers watch this and they can also, you know, join the industry and talk to, talk to one of us. Yeah, I think I remember. teachers make great real estate agents. I know quite a few yeah. that have made the transition over from teaching. Yeah. I mean, when you're explaining things to kids, it's the same as trying to explain to well, some people. Well, that that and the, just the patience, too. Yeah. 
you know, you yeah. have to have a great deal of patience. I mean, we've talked about that in, in this yeah. industry, and we tell our new agents that as well. And I think teachers are, are great. And, and teachers go home with their work, too. It's not like yeah. you're in a nine-to-five and you're just completely done. So, like, the idea of having to be drafting purchase agreements and doing showings at night. I was a coach also when I was a teacher, so I never – I didn't go from, like, having these, you know – six, seven hours of the day that are completely free because I never had that. Yep. Um, and then my summers supposedly were supposed to be free, but every summer I was working to try to like earn enough income yep. Yep. to support myself. And um, yeah, so I think it was an easy transition. My broker, my first broker, I remember saying a lot of teachers become real estate agents mm-hmm. and are yep. very successful because I think we just have a, we're hard workers generally. Yeah, yeah. they tend to either teach and do serving or thing which also makes great servers managers. make great real estate agents yeah, as bartenders well. yeah. yeah bartenders too because you're dealing with people all day every day so <clears throat> switching to a topic that i was talking to mike about um we've heard that you're in the process to get your pilot license yep um and we've heard you had a pretty big scare on one of your outings can you tell us about this? Because I was talking to Julian about this earlier today, and he said he would never, ever fly with you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And I, like and I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just to throw you under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> which was, no, I which don't is remember funny. saying that. I never fly with you either. Thank you. <laughs> which, is, no, which is funny because I told him, I was like, it, it didn't have anything to do with her. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm already scared of flying. So, yeah, it was... Honestly, not as scary as you would think. It, it was an sounded, alternator failure. Yeah, it sounded way scarier. Yeah, so, but the Sears has a backup alternator. Okay. So, I actually have had two alternator failures in a Sears. So, when I, it was my business partner, Rafik, and I, we were flying out. At this time was, we were looking at a um, shopping center in, I think it was uh, Kansas City, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, we were on our way back, and all of a sudden, we start. We have essentially alternator failure. And so, what alternator? What their alternator does is essentially it's like all power and communications and everything. So he. Yep. So right, the lesson before this actually happened to me. My emergency landings and procedures um, lesson, and so it's kind of cool to see actually what we did in real life because when we radioed in. Um, they were like put us essentially on hold and we we're like, no, we have alternator failure. And suddenly like nothing else mattered. And we had all these people communicating with us because in their mind, we were going to be, lose like all communications. And so they made sure that like this small little airport was free for us and, um, told us, you know, the distance and everything like that of this airport. And then we had to pull out all of the fuses and stuff like that to try to conserve as much power as we could for our airplane. Um, Rafik was sleeping during this. So then like right before we landed, I woke him up, I was like, hey, we had to like emergency land, our alternator's out. And he was like, what? <laughs> and so then we landed. It was, it was fine. Like nothing, we landed just yeah. fine. And we called this, there was like a number, a small, tiny, 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 I think it was called like, God, what was the name of the city? It was like Jeffersonville or something like that, um, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And we landed in this tiny little rinky-dink airport, and there's like something tacked, a number like tacked into a bulletin board, like call for airport or like airplane issues. So we call this guy, and he shows up in like this rusty old truck, and he gets out, Jeez. and he looks at our airplane, and he's like, well, I think I got it so you can get back. And we're like, okay. Yeah. 
so cool. So we went back, and I mean, surprise, Rafik went on the plane with you. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna well, drive. Well, we back. all really wanted to get back, and I. Was it? I think either Mike and I or Rafik had to like we had to leave the next mm -hmm. day. We don't want to get stuck there. Yeah, of course. So yeah. So anyways. Um, All right, that doesn't sound that bad. Yeah. It wasn't so scary. He literally was like sleeping through it. Okay, it wasn't like in the movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. The propeller caught on fire. No, and then, you know. No, no, no. <laughs> My question, I guess, is what? What made you want to get your pilot license? What? So my dad okay. uh, was a pilot. Oh, And okay. so he had a Bonanza, um, and he used it for work, uh, but then we would also take it as a family. And so I grew up with, with that, which was really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even realize as a kid, like, how awesome it was. Sometimes, like, they'd be like, oh, we're going to go to, you know, Florida this weekend or whatever, and we'd be like, no, we want to hang out with our friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, now that you back, I'm like, God, so annoying, probably, right? right? Like, these parents are trying to be like, oh, this is so cool, and the kids are like... We don't care. Sleepover. Yeah. yeah, we don't care. We want to hang out with our friends. Yeah. That's kids. Yeah, that's kids. So, so, anyways, and then I have these properties throughout the Midwest, and I'm literally like growing into my car seat. I swear, I'm just mm -hmm. my sciatic nerves kicking up, and I just don't want to be sitting driving for so long. So it just makes sense um, timing wise, and and yeah. a lot of my properties are not near major airports either. And so to be able to fly into like a smaller airport where these big airliners can't go and just land, you get a free pilot car when you land. So you just take the car and you can go look at your property, come mm -hmm. back and it just saves so much time. Yes. So that is the business mind that you have is yeah. the time because everyone who is a business, anyone who gets a private jet or this or that, it's all about the time. It's never about the, the jet or this or that, whatever, the trinket. It's how can I save time? And, and so much time, too, rather, yeah. you know, like, and, and you sit at the airport for two hours before you get on your plane, and it keeps getting delayed, and then you have meetings, and you can't you gotta take off all and, your clothes and yeah. put it in. Yeah. yeah, it's just... Hotels, you have yeah. to figure exactly. that out. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot that goes so, so being able to just go right next to wherever it is that I need to go and, and just be there for the day, and um, it, it just makes the most sense. So you brought up Rafiq. Rafiq Moore, for those of you who don't know, would you say he's your business partner and slash mentor? Yep. Or, right? Yep, 100%. How did you two meet? How, how did that relationship start? So he's awesome for anybody who doesn't know him. He's like, big time in commercial real estate. Yeah. Um, and he's helped me to grow in my career immensely. Um, definitely, like, I would say one of the people who's changed my life for the better in the biggest way mm -hmm. um just like a really good advocate for people and a good guy so anyways i was working with some um russian investors and we were i was at the time this was probably three three and a half years ago now um and we i was helping them to find houses to flip and so basically my job was to find like the house and then kind of figure out how much we think it would cost and then what it would sell for. And I was like their agent there. Well, he was financing their deals. Um, and so he was like their money guy. Mm -hmm. um, and so anyways, they had brought me up to him, how they really liked working with me. And I had worked with them for a couple, a couple of months. And then he asked them if he could like interview me for being his like residential agent at, um, at Caspian. Yep. And so then, anyways, I went, interviewed with him, and then thought he was really cool, um, and seemed like a really good person, and so then started doing um, residential deals with him, and then from there, we started partnering together. 
And so we started, our first property was a fourplex, and then we bought, sold that, got another fourplex, sold that, and then essentially um, he was like, he kind of gave me the confidence to do the work um, and helped me to get the financing too. So other than one time, I always brought in my half of the down payment. Um, He did at one of the times borrow the money to me. But other than that, I always did that. But he was able to help me get way better loans and give me credibility really with lenders that I didn't really have at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So suddenly they were taking me seriously because I was working with him, which was really nice. And I had um, been a realtor for a little over two years. But as you know, when you first start, it's really hard to get financing too. So yeah, yeah, we just kind of... I think that's the the hardest part, like you said, is the start to build that credibility and, and, and... partnering or mentoring or bringing value to someone like Rafiq um, really gives you an edge and a, and a foot up. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, so I had like some investment properties prior to meeting him, but <laughs> just meeting him, even like he's given me so much confidence and to be able to have a partner that really has done it all and is way more experienced. Yeah, and has like, the experience. The, the value is more important than how much money yep. he's going to give you for the deal because then you know how to navigate through yep. this one and, and more experience is, is something you can't put a dollar on. Yeah. We'll throw up know? the Caspian logo and uh, uh, a very nice photo of Rafiq up here. <laughs> yeah, we got to get Rafiq, well, Rafiq we'll, and Jay to come down here. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll find the best photo Rafiq has and put it up there. Yeah. We are going to talk about... Her just recently becoming a new broker in real estate. Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations, yes. You you recently opened your own real estate brokerage. Yep. The name Financial, no, Financially Free LLC. Yep. Okay. How did you come up with that name? Or was it just kind of just, it rolls off the tongue. So actually, when I decided to open my own brokerage, it was like one of the first ones I thought of because I was like, oh, that rhymes. <laughs> um, and I looked it up and I was like, oh, no one has the name. And I, I just sent it to Mike was like, asked me what I was thinking about calling it. And I was like, well, I thought of this. haha. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I love that. Yeah. And then he's like, so he I mean, it was just kind of easy. And yeah. I'm surprised. Like, yeah, no one has taken that. No, yeah. no, no I, one has. And I like the idea of it is um, more of life freedom, like to have. Yeah essentially investments and to be working with people to grow invest their portfolio or have a few investments for teachers and people like like for example my sister's still a teacher she just got her second well I guess her third property her second investment property yesterday but to be able to have that extra income um, to give you some sort of freedom and that's really what I want to be doing is working with people who are looking to invest and and start to grow um, in a way where they feel like they're not just so tied to their job. So that was the reasons behind starting that brokerage to be a little bit more geared towards investor clients or are getting people set on that path. So I really want to, and, and I'll work, I primarily do only work with investors, um, but it doesn't have to be like big time investors. I mean, I have a lot of quite a few friends now who have just like a couple of duplexes or, and I think it's just a really good way to have you know, passive income. And I really love Mm -hmm. seeing when people get something like this Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not racket science. Like anybody can be a landlord. So I think it's just a really good, um, I guess it's been really helpful for me and I, and my parents and I've seen it help a lot of people's lives. And so that's what I'm looking to do. Yeah. Do you have a team now? Do you have people 
in your group in the brokerage? Do you have any agents? Any, yep, any, yep. Okay. I have uh, one agent right now, and then I have a couple others who are getting their license um, nice. who are already investors, but yep. like on the contractor house flipping side. And then I have um, somebody who's helping me with broker admin work and then an accountant who I had before as well. Perfect, perfect. Yep. We'll have Alec throw up the logo there okay. for Financially Free LLC. Um, transitioning from that to commercial real estate, which I feel is a very exclusive group. Mainly when I look at commercial real estate, the top tier ones for the most part, it's very family business, right? Yeah. It's yeah. usually the, the grandfather to the father, the father to the son, and so forth yeah, and so on. A lot of nepotism. Yeah. How did you break into that commercial sphere Especially it being uh, mostly a male-dominated field in commercial real estate. Yeah, so it's funny um, you say that because when I first started um, as just an agent, I was working, my brother is an investor, and um, he had a commercial deal and he wanted me to represent him on it. And um, so anyways, I I was working with him on it and the broker on the other side tried to like slice my commission and he was like she should be happy with just that like and I was like who are these commercial agents like and and these I tried having these conversations and a lot of them were really like rude to me yes and thought they were way better than me and I was like what is this like who are these dudes I don't uh, what commercials real estate is a whole nother world than residential real estate and there is straight numbers well not just that like like you were saying, there's a very, well, like... Well, no one knew who I was, and yeah, I didn't yeah. have, you know, but it was my brother. It was my client. He's not going to be okay with yeah. with this, and, um, and yeah, it was it was very interesting, and then, actually, when I transitioned to Caspian, I remember first meeting Marshall, who was, was like, broker of the year. He's awesome. Yeah. Um, and he was so nice, and, like, I, I honestly expected everyone there to be, like, Nose is up to me. Yeah, yeah. And I was a little intimidated. And everyone was just like so nice. I was like, oh, like this is great. I actually like really This is the environment I would want to be in. Yeah. Yeah, this environment that was created. Um, and so then, you know, once you start doing a little more, people start taking you seriously and you maybe know how to word things a little bit better and yeah. stuff like that. But know the but, terminology. Yeah, breaking into it. it yeah. As a residential agent, I was like pretty turned off in the beginning. Um, And that was just on the the brokerage side. Um, Now I have quite a few investments myself on the commercial side. And, um, you know, it was, for me, I remember the first time because I had started building a residential portfolio. And I actually remember like a couple years ago, Rafiq sent me a shopping center, um, like a strip mall. And he was like, we sh- would you want to partner with me on this? And I literally like laughed him out of the room. I was like, are you kidding me? Like a mall? What? Um, and so then it took a while. And then actually like a year later, I found my first one. Um, and I showed it to my brother first. And it's a 77,000 square foot shopping center in Eau Claire, which as of today will have 100% um, occupied. Nice. Yeah. Wow. So, Congrats. Yeah. So anyways... It took like some time until mm-hmm. I built up my confidence. And I did start with, I started with residential and then apartments and they got bigger and bigger and then it became mixed use. And then I did buy my first like small, it was a five unit commercial. And it just happened to be that when I was buying these mixed use buildings, this 
the same agent had this other one that they were trying to sell. And, you know, so then I bought that. But really it was, it felt like I built my way up to it, which Mm -hmm. I do think a lot of people do that. Not many people start right with commercial. A lot of people start with house flips. Unless, again, it's the nepotism, right? It's the family type business thing. That's the only ones that I see where it's like grandfather to father to son, where the majority, the Rafiq, you and yeah. stuff, you kind of have to more break into it. And it is a little bit tougher because here you have this guy whose great-great-grandfather ran commercial real estate and then, you know, it just the gets passed known on. And Correct, the yeah. name's known. They have a Rolodex of people. So it's it tends to be a little bit easier for them to break into that sphere. And then kind of getting into it being a male-dominated business for the most part because we were talking recently in the real estate agent residential world, that's a female-dominated yeah. business. Yes, it is dominated by right? females. But, but it's completely opposite when you go over, go over to the commercial, the commercial side. Especially in the investing in commercial yeah. real estate. How, how would you say how you navigated that? that, that and, and not only that, but then what would you say to encourage other women to look into investing, not only just residential, but commercial, being those big-time players? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely I see it. I'm aware of it, Mm -hmm. but I don't think about it. I would say like, Mm -hmm. um, I've had very few times where, so I think a lot of it is, is in your head, right? You have a few rude people and Mm -hmm. you're like, oh gosh, I, is everyone like that? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But, but then, like I said, I went to a different brokerage and everybody was very nice. And I think I've had some, um, well, for one, I started knowing people that gave me some credibility Mm -hmm. and I started having, you know, I could send them a real estate schedule where, where people like, okay, she's, she's serious. Um, but if somebody has, sees it as a disadvantage for me or like I'm less competent because I'm a woman, that's their disadvantage. So I actually only one time have been like, gosh, this guy is like super sexist and and we ended up being able to get $300,000 off before closing because I was like, I'm just a poor, stupid little girl, basically. And, <laughs> and honestly, it was like, we we're, we we're like, if he's going to be like this, then I'm yeah. going to use it. And so your yeah. advantage, if, yeah. If it gets you 300000 off, I'm a poor, stupid little girl. Too. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck trying for that. If, if it but gets me 300000 off, yeah. I remember like when I said, right, right before I was like, you know, because it was a deal I was doing with Rafika, I was like, my my partner, like, I can't do without him. And, you know, he really doesn't want to, like, waste his time on this. And he thinks it's too much. And and I really want to, but, like, I can't. Oh, it's a good cop, bad cop thing. (laughs) And I'm, like, this, like, meek little loser to him who can't do anything on her own. So we literally got $300,000 off of a $600,000 purchase price. Jeez. Uh, So that was significant. Um, What an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, if somebody is is dumb enough to see it as a disadvantage, then... No, of course, we don't don't think about it, um, you know, similar to me and Julian. We never think about it, but it is an overlying thing there and it's some people thing. yeah and some people do obviously when you're in it you don't think about it as much but some people they have that stop them from even getting into it yeah they see it as a barrier and correct it's intimidating and correct yeah right? and especially when you don't have the confidence or the credibility or someone to give you that credibility yeah something else too like i 
over the years have decided I am literally not going to try to like impress anybody. I, I go around and I bring my dog and I'm myself like making jokes, laughing at myself. And usually people like it. And if they don't, then like, I'm oh, not wow. the one with oh, stick wow. on my butt. So right. I don't really, yeah, yeah, it's, I don't know. Oh, wow. And that's the best way. I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. It's just be yourself. Just be yourself. There'll be people that like you. There'll be people that don't like yeah. you. And that's okay. Yeah, everyone's just, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think uh, it doesn't have to, I don't like it to scare me off, I guess. Of and course. You, and you shouldn't. What advice would you give someone that's trying to break into the commercial industry? Regardless uh, of gender, by the way. Yeah, regard, yeah regardless. can be boy, young, old, girl, whatever. It's, it's no different. I would say, uh, um, you know, just, just do your, your research on the property and understand what you have to do if it's, for me, I always buy properties I'm going to stabilize, so I'm looking for value add. So I run my numbers, and honestly, it's it's the same numbers I'm running in a lot of ways as residential. Like, what am I going to do to the property? What are the rents going to become? Um, yeah, you are very value add. I know when the transactions we've done, you're always value add. Yeah, I never buy stabilized y- properties. Yeah, yep. So it's never like a park your money type situation. It's yeah. always the value add and what you can add to it. What you and Mike together. Can add to it. How too. many properties do you do you have now? Um, I have right around 250 doors of residential, and then I have. Say that again. 200 what? Around 250 doors of residential. Jeez, we and then I have. To that. um, that's big time. Yeah, that's big time. I'm trying to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have two strip malls. Uh, we're closing on our third soon, February 15th, and then okay. I have a few. Um, like commercial, smaller commercial buildings. Well done. Nice. Well, well done. done. <laughs> and how many when years have you said, been in real estate? Almost what? five. Five years. Yes. So it's It'll very doable, guys. Yeah. So when, I just have to touch on this point real quick. Because when she said, I'm trying to sell them off. I <laughs> promise you, once you get into residential real estate and investing in residential real estate, you'll know exactly why she said that statement. Yeah. yeah a lot of them are ones that you guys sold me. I'm like, God, God, get rid of these. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just... Um, the ones you, you negotiated us <laughs> down 300000 I think you played that trick on me, the old... Yeah. <laughs> the poor little girl. She probably got you <laughs> she too. She probably got me. <laughs> no, um, I just... I she really would, enjoy the triple net test. I would, I swear, I used to love it because she would call me. She's like, hey, I need this much off and I need this much for me. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> but no, we would get a deal done. I was, I was loving I love when I have a tough negotiator. And I love the person that can negotiate it without the emotionals or the personal, like mm-hmm. it, taking it personally. Yeah, that it's never to me meant the, to be rude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's always like, hey, I'm obviously looking out for me and my client's best interest. And you're looking out and I completely get that. And yeah. if you don't, then that's a weird thing. <laughs> I, I also do think, like, I've noticed, you know, sometimes sometimes you put in an offer and it's, like, offensive to people. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it doesn't have to be yeah, offensive. Yeah. Like, there's so many. I've had a lot of times where I'm like, I would love to just get an offer. I can yeah. work with people. I, I think always be willing to work with an offer if you're trying to get rid of something. Exactly. I, I can't stand when agents get butt hurt when you yes. submit an offer and they're yeah. just like, no, how yeah. am I supposed to show this to my client? Well, buddy, you got to do your due diligence. Yeah, you want me to come with you? Yeah, I can help right. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll just go straight to your yeah. client yeah. and get you out of the picture. Yeah, which is okay. It's like You can say yes. You can say no. Yeah. Uh, you know, this you is can what, counter me. Correct. Correct. Exactly. exactly. And, and I was, when I do those type of offers, I explain where I'm coming from. I don't just... 
yes, all the you gotta, yeah, I'm like, hey, this is why X Y Z is why I'm coming at this price. And yeah, sometimes you know it works. I don't know if that's also like a Midwestern thing or like a Minnesota thing where it's like they do take it personally or something. And I kind of get it if it's a sentimental thing where it's like I've lived in this house and my grandparents and yeah. blah blah blah. Most like, of the time, it is sentimental. Yeah. See, whereas like where our ours is more business mind and it's like yeah but i've had people be like let me know when like you're ready to offer something serious you know what i mean i'm like well that was serious, that was serious. i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't write it up Present if it wasn't it, please. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was it yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't take my time to write it exactly. if i wasn't serious yeah. right, right. So. okay all right well kind of moving on from that we're gonna we're, we want to wrap up but i know julian always likes to ask our guests this question and so i'll have him take it away to ask her the, the the question that is is Julian's staple question. I think it's a great question. It is a great question. That's why I like. So what what would you tell your younger self? Your younger self before you went on your backpack trip to Europe. You just graduated college. You know we built a time a hot tub time machine for you. Ooh, hot tub time machine. <laughs> yes, and this could be in business or personal. Yeah, doesn't. it can be anything. It doesn't have to be necessarily business or thing. Or you could just say, hey, keep doing what you're doing, and you'll figure it all out. Um, yeah, so I would say that I would tell myself, um, this sounds very, um, simplistic, but, but like, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Like there's constantly issues that are coming up. And as I get more and more properties and investments and everything like that, I'm noticing more problems, like more money, more problems. There's, you're a bigger target and, and. I'm now starting to finally see why people like my mentors when there's, you know, lawsuits or something like that, where it's like, okay, well, like we'll work through this and, and you can't lose sleep over things you can't control. No. Yeah. Control um, what you can control. Exactly. And another thing, 100%, I've kind of like decided this is how I want to live something I want to live by. I never want to be the reason why I'm not sleeping at night. Like as long as it's not because of something I've done that I'm not sleeping. It's okay. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I don't ever want to be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that or feeling bad about something that I've done. So never be the reason why you don't sleep at night. Um, I would say I would tell that to myself. And then I need a third one. <laughs> um, I guess I'd tell myself to make sure to hang out with my family a lot. So. Yeah, good. My, my dad's not here anymore. He's awesome, you know. So that's so important. I I feel like since I lost my dad, I see my mom all the time, and like family is not there forever. Yeah. Um, and and people, no one's there forever. So yeah, I think true. just so put, give flowers to the people you love while they're here, and give them time. Yeah, because it's more important than business. No, hundred percent. And it it's sad that it has to come to a point where it's something is gone before we realize how important it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to call my mom after this guys. <laughs> yeah, talk to your mom and dad while they're here. Yeah. yeah. yeah and that like my dad was sick for, for a while. So it was like, I knew it's not like I didn't know it was coming, yeah. but you don't know how long you're going to have with someone when they're healthy too. Like yeah. taking it, taking the time to appreciate what you have and, of and course. enjoy your life, not just work. Yeah. Yeah. I think me and Julian, it's funny. Like just a couple of hours ago, we were talking about this, about death, which is a real weird yeah. subject to talk. It's like a taboo subject, but it's like the only guarantee in life is death. Is death. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the one guarantee and we taxes. all have. 
and no, as, no, as you get older hey. too. Not taxes, yeah. Those, yeah, taxes. Those hey. can avoid those. Yeah, those, that's. <laughs> Iris, hey, look at it. You didn't see it for me. Hey. You didn't get it for me. Hey, if the president at one point could pay $700, <laughs> I, I think I can too. No, but yes, yeah, so it was the one guarantee. And, we, uh, you know, I was talking to him because it kind of came up off of the whole flight thing. Yeah. Right? Whereas, like, then we kind of got into the topic of death and everything like that. And we we're like, well, what, what is there just to be afraid of? It's going to happen. So it's like yeah. this whole, like, I'm not going to live because I'm going to die is a stupid way to oh, think about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. You can't be scared living <laughs> yeah. through your whole life because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So. It's like, and then it's like, well, the whole, like, and then this comes back into business, too, is like a risk taker. To me, I'm like, well, risk can be anything because if you're not if you're not taking risk and you're sitting in your bed all day, because the second you turn on your car and you go drive, that is a risk. One hundred percent. You know how many car accidents happen? Do you know how many people die off car accidents? Blah blah blah. All this, all that. Is that not a risk? Right. So I don't any, know. most everything that's fun or exciting yeah. is a risk. Correct. Yeah. So in, in, even in business too. So, yep. um, with that note. We're going to end the podcast. Is there anything you would like to tell the viewers, listeners, anything you have coming up, anything you want to tell them, or should we just sign off here? Well, thank you. It was yes. very fun. It's a very nice office here. Everyone come check it out. Yes. Yeah. Parking sucks, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, not much. Well, I'm yes. going to pitch you and Rafiq to buy that parking lot so then we guys yeah, can Yeah, so <laughs> we can get a, at least a discount yeah. <laughs> for and how much we pay. Yeah, um, he used to own the the building right over here. Yes, yes, Bolvinos. Or the condo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ate there. Yeah. Very good food. Yeah, and Jay, Bolvinos who nice. works at Caspian yep, too, yep, yep. Um, is the one who kind of helped them with their lease over there. Yeah. So. So Caspian, nice. um, small world. Yep, yep. And then we'll we'll have lunch when you get back from Jamaica at. Lo and behold, Caspian. <laughs> Caspian Bistro. But Caspian Bistro, for those of you who don't know, the Caspian brokerage. And I was super surprised when he told me you haven't ate at Caspian Bistro, which I was like, what? Yeah, I didn't know they had a, a restaurant. Well, it's well totally Totally, yeah. They're not affiliated oh, whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so one is a real estate, commercial real estate brokerage. Uh, the other is a Persian restaurant yeah. and grocery store, so. Gotcha. Okay. We'll, we'll go there sometime. Yeah. But again, thank you everyone for coming and listening and watching episode seven with Alexandra Hader. She is a big time real estate investor. Please comment, like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you have any questions, anything you want to know from us or her, we can always have her reach out or come back for another episode. Please just leave us a comment. All right, you guys. Thank you. See have you. a good one.